What the fuck is this world? Run to you, didn't leave a message at least. I could have learned your voice one last time. Daily minds you. All right, so we're back. So this is one of the uh, the mini podcasts that we're doing. We've had we have a bunch of people sort of taking part in this, and we thought, you know, Charles is a is a music guy as well. So we wanted to to see how how he consumes music. So, Charles, how how do you listen to music in 2018? At this point, it's mostly streaming. Um, I mostly do. Uh, Stuff on Spotify. I try to use Apple Music and Tidal actually a little bit more because I think they both pay the artists better. Um, but I tend to do that and I tend to either stream it off my phone, you know, my iPhone or off my laptop. And I'm usually either running through some pretty good but kind of basic computer speakers or uh, some good headphones. I mean, I still do CDs when I'm like in the car or whatever. And I'll pull out some vinyl every once in a while, but I mean, lion's share of it for me now is streaming in part because, you know, that allows me to jump around a bit and, you know, go from artist to artist and song to song with a kind of freedom that I wouldn't even have with CDs. So what kind of, you, you mentioned that you listen through headphones. What kind of headphones do you listen through? Uh, you know what? Hold on one second and I will grab them and I will tell you how, what they are. Hold on. The awkward silence. Yeah, right. All right. They are they're just Sony headphones. They are MDR seven MDR dash seven five zero six. They are called professional headphones. Um they're good headphones, they're not the top of the line. Are but, they Bluetooth, Bluetooth really or not Bluetooth? They're not Bluetooth. Wow, that's interesting. Just, yeah, and you know the thing is I really like I find I find earbuds or smaller headphones to be kind of annoying. Like I'll do earbuds when I need to, but I really love the kind of over these are big full ear, you know, headphones and I I think I like it both because I find them more comfortable but also because I find it to be more immersive um and you know, particularly if I'm listening to music on headphones, I want to kind of be in it. So, uh, so yeah. So the, the follow-up is how has your consumption of music changed over the years? Like, do you have a, do you have a fond memory of, you know, like when you built your stereo system yourself, lots of people have that memory, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I don't really have that memory, but I I certainly have like the kind of technology memories. I mean, I can remember it's changed, I think in the way that a lot of our, you know, a lot of people are generally group it's changed you know i came up as a kid with vinyl and then cassette tapes and then cds and then then a combination of cds and mp3s and stuff and ipods and everything and now i'm you know so much of what i do is on streaming but the memories i have aren't really of building a stereo system or anything like that but of getting new means through which to play music so like learning how to put a needle on a record that was actually a moment i can remember because that's not you know it's funny like it seems so natural now when you do it, but it's kind of a weird little process of how you get that record, the vinyl records to play. Um, certainly getting like my own CD player was a big deal um, and having it hooked up in my bedroom so that I could just listen to music. But honestly, the one that really comes to mind for me of being a huge shift 
in the way that I thought about listening to music was when I got a CD burner, like a, the, the CD burner thing, which didn't last very long because it was like all of a sudden you could do it on your computer and then you just had MP3s anyway. Um, that was a big deal because I remember just feeling like it was so liberating the idea that I could make my own CDs and I'd made mixed tapes and other things like that. But for some reason, just the idea that I could make mixed CDs or create my own CDs was just really, really huge because I think I, you know, I'm a, I'm a music guy and I'm a music critic and I'm a music historian. And so like part of my thinking about music is very much about music and conversation with each other. So that was the big one. And I remember the first time I ever saw a CD burner or ever used one was actually um, at Dave Junion's photography studio in Wassa. Uh, I had had my senior pictures taken with him and a good friend of mine had had them as well. And he knew we were both music guys. So he invited us over to to, to just hang out on his day off and make some CDs for him to play around the studio. And this was like, that that was like a flying car. Like the, the level of excitement I had at that technological innovation, because it allowed me a different kind of way to not only listen to music, but also to kind of create and curate my own things or to just simply and easily burn a record that's, that I like for somebody else to hear. So that was the moment that really that really sticks out to me. Yeah, that's that's funny because I just bought a new CD burner yesterday. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, because so I I discovered that I have or I had or I have two hundred blank CDs in my house. Yeah, yeah. You, I saw you post yeah. about that. On and the, so I'm like, well, I'm going to make ten. I'm going to make ten mixes, and I'm going to send them out to my friends. And then my computer, uh, the CD burner, just because it's a ten year old computer, the CD burner just sort of took a shit. So I'm yeah. like, well, damn it, I'm committed to doing this. So, God, I hope these things don't. And it was $20. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. But, like, the kid at Best Buy is like, I don't even know where that is. And I'm like, yeah. just go just go look in the computer. There's got to be, like, a, a yeah, there's gotta be something yeah, there's got to be a file system somewhere where you can go find it. He's like, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, we haven't sold one of these in forever. What are you going to do with it? And I'm like. Just give it to me and go away, child. You know, it was actually the CD burner I had. <laughs> like it was also really helpful later on in like um, recording, like helping recording from when I was making music on a home studio. I had it hooked up to um, to this like digital eight track system I had, sure. and I was burning things at, like. It it was huge, that, and I remember very vividly that CD burner. And it finally died, and it was one of those huge ones that was like the size of a VCR. And but yeah, that that was a uh, that's funny. I didn't even know they were still making them, but good. Yeah, but oh, they are. yeah. Like, it's as, it's know? just about as big. You know, it's a little bit bigger than a CD at this point. So yeah, yeah, totally. So Eric, I I wanted to come back to the. Do you remember the year you got rid of your CDs? Uh, it's been sort of ongoing. I mean, I, I think it was when I moved back to Wausau from Minneapolis, I, I had two of those. Do you remember those? They were like 80 cassette tape holders. Yep. And so I had two of those full of cassette tapes and I got rid of all of those. And I took a slew of CDs to the, you know, used record store or the resale record store. So I got rid of everything there. And then when I was 
back in town, I picked up a number of new CDs and I was with somebody that had a, a obscure CD buying fetish. So it was like every day there was a new disc from some European country that cost, you know, $95 that had four tracks on it. So <laughs> eventually all of that sort of stuff went the way of the trash or the, what was it? Weeby CDs. Right. Yep. So yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And I, there's a, I'm staring, I'm staring at a bag right now of CDs that I picked up at, you know, some thrift store over the summer because we had a car that had a CD player and I needed something to listen to over the years and just kept buying stuff. And, but I haven't listened to them in so long that I just wrapped them up to take the goodwill. So it's an yeah. ongoing process. So, so the reason I ask is because there was a day when we, I was in the co- in a coffee shop and Eric walked in with what amounted to being a suitcase. That's right. Yeah. He had yeah. a suitcase full of CDs <laughs> and he like he opened it up like, you know, some sort of weird guy selling Rolexes on the street and he's like, "Do you want any of these?" And I'm like, well, I-, "I want all of these, but you know, I don't yeah. know what to do here, you know." But yeah. And and for me what I've done over the years is there's a there's a place in Madison that digitizes CDs. Uh-huh. So they, you know, I imagine that it's, you know, you mail them 50, like you, they take collections of CDs based on poundage. Sure. Like on weight. And so I think over the years I've sent about 150 pounds of CDs to these guys. And what they do is they digitize the collection and send you essentially a USB stick with everything you send them. And I think they then give the CDs to like W O R T or Wisconsin public radio. I I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's the difference between them doing it versus you burning it? It, My time. Yeah. My time. Your time. time. (laughs) Right. And yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I've heard of things like that. And I've, you know, I've, I've got a lot of CDs still. And I, I, at this point, I probably only, pick up like five to 10 CDs a year, which is just shocking given what I used to get. But, uh, but I, I have that same thing. Like I, all the time I'm like, Oh, I'm going to digitize all my stuff, my CDs. I'm going to, you know, rip them all onto a hard drive. And I've done a bit of that, but it's the kind of thing that it's just such an arduous process. And, um, you know, so <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'll I've, I think I've decided it's just not worth it. You know, I mean, I've, yeah. I would just I would pick up a disc at Target or something over the weekend because I needed something to listen to on the way home. And it wasn't anything that was worth hanging on to, I yeah. guess, even even just to digitize it and create an MP3 to store right. on some thumb drive somewhere. It just didn't seem worthwhile. Yeah, so that's me, stuff I'll just pick up and listen to stream. Yeah, for me, it's the opposite. So. Like I have terabytes of MP3s, mm-hmm. you know, like I, you know, but it's, it's the sort of thing where like back in the Scott street days, I would say something like, I'm going to buy every record Johnny Cash ever made. Yeah. And then not realizing that's 97 albums. <laughs> right. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, like making friends with uh, Scott Holt and then through that making friends with Buddy and all of a sudden you know, now we've got a comprehensive collection of everything Buddy Guy ever recorded, you know, right. and it's like, yeah, I, I, my, my thing is I want to keep all of that. Like I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of my Prince collection. Like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, you, you have a, you have a sick Prince collection. Yeah. I was going to mention that. Yeah. You have 
just bootleg recordings from yeah. all over the world. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm not giving that up, you know, just because. And then the the because it's so much fun. Um, the I have one CD that's a very specific memory, and it's it's tied to my dad. And so in the 50s or 60s, uh, my dad lived when he came to America. He lived in Chicago, and uh, one of the gangsters, Sam Giancana, owned a restaurant in Chicago called uh, the Villa Venice. And out of uh, obligation, Frank Sinatra would come and sing there, and it was. Yeah like a restaurant. It was like singing at a supper club. And my father <laughs> snuck in to, to go see Frank Sinatra sing and stood on the back wall. And he remembered it specifically. Like he had a very, like, cause Joe Lewis was there and Frank said something to him from the stage. And yeah, so yeah. Wow. years, years later, uh, uh, what was the guy's name at Weeby CDs? Mark, Mark, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Mark is like, hey, I've got this live Sinatra recording. Would you want? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I brought it home and I played it for my dad. And my dad just started to cry. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong? He's like, I was there and I can tell you what's going to happen in two minutes. And he was fucking right. And I'm like, yeah, I can never get rid of this CD. You know? Oh, and it, yeah. And it's, it doesn't even, you know, like the CD doesn't even go with my CD collection. I literally have it underneath my socks in my sock drawer you know for well I, yeah and i think like that's you know that's the thing about any kind of you know artifact right, right. Of, of of music is that like there gets to be point there gets to be things where and i feel this way with cds where i kept cds i haven't done it a lot but i've kept certain cds that i've replaced with like the reissue that's you know like the deluxe right. edition but I keep the old one, and again, I don't do that a lot, but there are a few because it has a sentimental value. And I think that sometimes, particularly in a digital age where we seemingly have the world at our fingertips, I think it's very easy for all of us to kind of get like, oh, why do we have all the stuff? But, you know, I am I mean, I have, I, I still have the original CD that I bought of the Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street because I played it like 800 times. And when I got the reissue, I didn't want to get rid of this thing that I'd add since I was in sixth grade or uh, another one that like, I don't even think it works anymore because you know, that's the other thing about CDs. They turned out not to be the uh, indestructible right. technology thought they were going to be. Mm -hmm. But I have this, like I have this compilation, this two CD compilation of parliament um, from it's called tear the roof off. And it's like a two disc kind of greatest hits sort of thing. And it was, I remember buying it at Walmart in Wausau uh, when I was in sixth grade, because I knew about George Clinton because of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and because of uh, Dr. Dre. I right. knew who George Clinton So I got this thing, thing like, hey, I'm going to check this guy out because these two things, like, these two artists I love, love him. And it became like my favorite record for like a year. And now the CDs are both scratched. It doesn't play. It's just a compilation. I could find it stuff elsewhere. But I'm never going to get rid of that for, I think, you know, not as not as cool a story as as what you're telling in that turn sort of sentimentality. But I think sometimes we overestimate the need to, to, to purge, <laughs> you know, and the need to just have a digital world. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I, you know, we have a story with these things that we have in our houses or have in our spaces and, 
you know, that's not that's not necessarily a reproducible with terabytes of MP3s exactly. for certain email, streaming services where, you know, but hey, look, I love it. I mean, God, I, I just think back sometimes, like if I'd been 17 years old and I could have listened to all the stuff with like just instantaneously, I mean, man, <laughs> like I probably wouldn't have appreciated it because it would have been there at my fingertips. But uh, but it's an incredible world we live in now with the, with the availability of this stuff. And I mean, even stuff that's not officially out, you can probably find on youtube or probably find somewhere else and god it's incredible yeah it's the discovery that i miss you know it's the, it's the walmart discoveries yeah it's the WBCD's discoveries yeah, that i miss it feel the same it, yeah it definitely doesn't feel the same i don't think i mean i can remember so many times in inner sleeve in wasa just you know taking a chance on something because it looked interesting or taking a chance on something because Mike, the owner, Mike Pista said it was good or st- standing around long enough to have him put it on. Like I remember buying records because Mike put it on and I never even heard of the artist he'd put on. Like the, the one I'm thinking of here is this, this band called Southern culture on the skids. Sure, yeah. And, yeah. And then this album they put out in 1998 called dirt track date, which yep. I just, I remember, I remember him putting it on. <laughs> like I remember hearing it. And, you know, it, can you do that in the digital world? Yeah, kind of, because you can sample whatever you want. But having that experience within that space and, yeah, it's it's not gone yet from our culture, but I worry that at some point it will be. And, I mean, it'll be replaced by kind of new opportunities to have wonder and awe and all that. But, yeah, I still hold on to my old CDs for that reason, among others. That's cool.
Sonic. Liam, Nat, Brash, Nap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks. Birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom. Symbiotic, patriotic, slam, but nap. Right? It's the end of the world as we know it. And I 